Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation at Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. I come to you each morning at 9 a.m. here live on uh, all the various streaming platforms. And uh, today <laughs> we have a much larger number of viewers uh, than what I'm used to because our students are learning from home. And so they're uh, tuning in via YouTube. Uh, so if you're on uh, Facebook, you don't see them there, but they, they're over at YouTube. And uh, students and teachers, uh, if you have questions, uh, if anything, you want to know more about what we're talking about, you can post them in the live chat. Um, that live chat will only appear during the video now. It won't be able to be seen later. So you don't have to worry about that sticking around. Um, but if you put it in the comments below, then it will... Uh, hold the live chat won't be available after the stream ends. All right, so that's the place to put your questions and comments. And uh, it's not quite real time. There's about a 15 to 20 second lag. So sometimes I have to back up and go back to something that we've already talked about uh, if you have a question, but that should be fine. All right. And uh, we're putting, of course, the the most significant strain on our network connection today that we can. <laughs> so hopefully all of our new newer networking equipment uh, holds up under the strain of uh, all our classrooms being virtual, plus I'm doing the stream. All right. Uh, as I mentioned to uh, the children yesterday, it's worth uh, just reiterating, uh, I'm going to put the devotion up here on the screen. You can see that to the, to my, it's on my right. I guess that's on whatever side that is for you. Uh, and so you don't need your blue sheet. It's up there on the screen. Uh, just make, make the uh, video full screen if you need that so that you can read it. And then uh, I can't hear you. So uh, that actually works out better because there's a lag, a time lag. So that way you can pray along with uh, any of the places we're used to saying them, saying the prayer out loud as a class. Um, I encourage you to say it out loud um, as you're not just watching the video, but participate in the video. All right. Uh, and then when it comes to the catechesis, when I start asking questions and answers, uh, play it like you might play uh, if you're watching a game show on television where you can yell out the answers. Even though the t TV can't hear you, uh, it's kind of fun to play the game that way. So we'll do that with our catechesis as well. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Say the creed with me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, let's say our uh, memory verse together. I know, again, uh, if you're younger, uh, you might not have, we've only did two days in the school with it, so I don't know how well you know it, but uh, we'll say it a couple times here. So try to get it in our ears. Say it with me. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, verse 5. 
All right, now if you can do it without looking, that would be good. Otherwise, you can read along and try it again. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, verse 5. Our psalm this week is Psalm 131. Uh, We can't really do it responsively, children, so let's say it all together. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, children, uh, we'd only do one reading when we meet together in the morning because it takes us a little bit longer uh, as far as our questions and answers and get everything ready. Um, But when I do it here online, we actually have a second reading, and I actually do that first. We've been reading through the book of 1 Corinthians. Now we're in chapter 3, so uh, please listen. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy which temple you are. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore let no one boast in men. 
for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. All right, if you haven't been with us the last few days, we've been talking about wisdom which and foolishness, which has been a theme of the book so far. Um, today we get to hear a little bit about the work of the apostles and really the apostolic church. For us, we uh, the extension of that is now called the office of the holy ministry, right? It's being a pastor. And you'll note that Paul wants to be careful that you recognize that it's really not the pastor who's the thing. So it doesn't really matter which pastor uh, preaches or teaches to you, which one baptizes you, which one administers the sacrament to you, uh, which one uh, marries you or buries you. All of that work is done on behalf of the Lord, right? So you'll note he'll say here uh, in verse 7, neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives increase, right? And we're going to see this in our reading, which is why I'm pointing it out, with Elijah and then Elisha who follows him. Um, it's not Elijah or Elisha who's the thing. It's actually God who's doing the work, and the work that he's doing is the thing, right? The foundation and then the building up that he's doing by his word. Uh, so this is always a danger, and it's worth uh, reminding you. <laughs> Don't attach yourself too much to one pastor or another, to one congregation or another. These things come and go, but attach yourself uh, to the word that is preached, that is Jesus, right? And then you have a solid foundation. Okay should see our reading for catechesis on the screen. Um, if you're uh, one of the older children, uh, it's helpful maybe to read along. We haven't been doing that in school, but uh, it's something that we could do. Uh, bring your Bibles and read along. That will help you uh, listen, but also perhaps help you as we go through our questions and answers. Okay. So picking up where we left off yesterday, 1 Kings chapter 19. And there he, Elijah, went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and, sa and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hatzael as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshi as king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abba you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hatzael, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet have I have reserved 
7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the twelfth. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. All right, so scroll back up to the beginning. So you see a question there in verse 9 from the Lord, right? What are you doing here, Elijah? Um, So what was the Lord asking there in that question? What are you doing here, Elijah? I think you might recognize this question. Um, If you remember, the Lord asked the same question to Adam back in Genesis 3. Do you remember? Well, I'll read it for you again. Genesis 3, verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? You see? Same question. Where are you? What are you doing here, Elijah? All right, this is a prompt from the Lord. It's what we call a rhetorical question, right? It's a, Lord, it's a question the Lord already knows the answer to, right? But he wants Elijah um, to speak, to respond, right? He's asking Elijah to um, trust in him, to trust in the Lord as the hiding place, just as when he called Adam and Eve um, out of their hiding to repent and to be hidden by the bloody garments, right? The animal sacrifices, the animal skins, and behind the tree of the cross. All right. So how does Elijah view the situation, <laughs> according to verse 10? Right, remember, he ran away from Jezebel. He feared for his life, which is kind of strange since he had defeated the prophets of Baal. God had it, rather, on and through Elijah on the mountain. Why should he be afraid of the queen? Well, here he says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God, that's faithful, right? But now they're trying to kill me. All right. Um, of what does Elijah accuse the Israelites? Notice what he says, for the children of Israel, huh? they've forsaken the Lord's covenant, the promise, they've broken down his altars, and they've killed his prophets with the sword. Right? According to Elijah, how bad was the situation then? See that at the end of verse 10? I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Right? He's the only prophet left. I'm the only one left right? who has not been put to death. Of course, we know that's not quite true, but we'll get to that in a minute. All right. Uh, who else had the Lord passed by on this mountain? Remember, this is Horeb, also known as Sinai. Yeah, that would be Moses, right? Um, maybe I'll share a little bit of that with you too. We can do a little bit more here uh, online. Exodus 33. Remember, Moses is on the mountain, um, and he says uh, to the Lord, please show me your glory. And then the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord uh, before you. I'll be gracious to whom I am gracious, and I'll have compassion upon whom I have compassion. 
But he said, You cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. And so it shall be while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back and my face shall not be seen. Right? Not until it's seen in the face of Jesus, right? So Moses. All right. And then we have a few things that pass by, um, but note that the Lord was not present in any of them, right? So what was the first thing? See this in verse 11. We have a great and strong wind, right? That tore the mountains and broke it into pieces, right? And an earthquake. And then also in verse 12, yeah, fire, fire. But the Lord was not in any of them. Um, what do you think all these things have in common? What does a strong, mighty wind and an earthquake and fire, what do they have in common? You can push this in the live chat if you want. I'll give you a second. All right. That would be they're all powerful forces um, of destruction uh, and also death. Right. But the Lord was not in them, in the forces of destruction and death. Uh, these three signs actually appear again in the New Testament. Uh, I wonder if you can remember when in the New Testament did we have a wind and an earthquake and fire? I'll give you a hint. It was 50 days after our Lord rose from the dead. That would be the day of Pentecost, right? And the coming of the Holy Spirit. You see all three in Acts chapter 2. Hmm, interesting. Um, so maybe it's worth asking the question then, what, do, what does this account of Elijah uh, on the mountain have in common with uh, Pentecost and the giving of the Holy Spirit to the disciples? Well, I would say there's a few things in common. Um, just like Elijah, the disciples at Pentecost were, were afraid and timid. And, you know, they were fearful and they received the comfort and uh, of, the, of the Holy Spirit, right? So that they could boldly proclaim the word of God, which just like um, it is here for Elijah, it sounds like a gentle whisper in the midst of a violent wor world and, and a cacophony. That's a bunch of noises all around us in the world. And then all we have is this gospel of Jesus Christ to preach. A still small voice, if you like, right? So the same with the... Uh, with the apostles at Pentecost. Of course, even though it's a still small voice and doesn't seem all that powerful or wise and foolishness even to the world, it is the power and strength of God to convert uh, to faith. Yeah. All right, so like I said, I kind of hinted here, when did the, <laughs> what should I say? Um, how did the Lord finally, quote unquote, appear? Yeah, it's a still small voice here in verse 12. All right, so I'll scroll a little bit. Uh, where did the Lord send Elijah? Verse 15, the Lord sends him to the wilderness of Damascus. Now that should sound familiar as well in the New Testament. What happened on the road to Damascus? Give you a hint. Uh, it was with a Jew named Saul, who was a persecutor of the church. Yeah, the Lord came to him and converted him, um, again with a bright shining light there. So Saul converted, and you know, know him, of course, as St. Paul, author of the book that we read just a few minutes ago. All right. Um, also, the voice says, the Lord says, the word of the Lord, Jesus says, uh, what else should he do once he gets there? To anoint Hatzael, king over uh, Aram, or Syria, if you like, to anoint 
let's see in verse 16, Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, right? And then Elisha, who we'll meet in a second, the son of Shaphat of Abba Mahola, he will anoint his prophet. And remember, we talked about this before. This is one of the jobs of the prophets to anoint, right? Uh, not only to anoint prophets, but to anoint priests and then also to anoint kings here. And anointed ones, remember, anointed one, the, the, that word in uh, Hebrew is Messiah. That's how we say it in English anyway. And then in Greek, it's Christ, right? It's to me, the anointed one. And of course, what should what's going to happen? Anybody who escapes the sword of the king, Hatzael, Jehu, or not the, yeah, the king of Syria, um, Jehu, this king of Israel, will put to death. And then, of course, whoever escapes both, Jehu and Hatzael, Elisha will kill. Um, speaking of anointed ones, uh, do you remember when Jesus was anointed, set apart? Yeah, that would be at his baptism in the River Jordan. And of course, Jesus was anointed. Was he anointed to be prophet? Yes, right? Uh, is Jesus also priest? Does he come serving with the benefits of God? Yes. Uh, how about king? Well, of course, he's Lord, right? So Jesus is anointed to be all three, prophet, priest, and king. Uh, what did God reveal then to Elijah in particular in verse 18? And I hinted at this before. Remember, Elijah said, I am the only one left. He's kind of a whiny guy, right? <laughs> what, is, what does the Lord tell him? No, that's not true. There are 7,000 in Israel who uh, the Lord has preserved that have not worshipped Baal, uh, whose mouths have not kissed him, served him, right? And this is really important. This is one of my favorite verses in this whole account, right? Because this is something we forget. We, I, I think um, it's one of the devil's tactics is to make us think that we're all alone, right? Um, to drive us apart, to drive our families apart, to drive our church apart, um, to drive Christians apart in the world and make us think that we're in isolation, that there's no one else. We're the only faithful ones. We're the only ones who understand and who, who get it, right? And then here we find out, you know, that's what Elijah was saying, and it wasn't true. God was always preserving uh, a faithful remnant, a little flock, as he says, even when it seems that all are, uh, that, that we're left all alone. Um, the problem is, of course, for us, that the flock is often hidden in this world, right? But how do we know who are Jesus' sheep? those who continue to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and follow him. All right. So now, um, as the Lord commanded him, so Elijah does, he goes and he finds Elisha, right, the son of Shaphat, and he's plowing 12 yoke of oxen. Um, so 12, how many in a yoke of oxen? Remember, we talked about the yoke is that wood that would go across the shoulder of an oxen, but they would always yoke two oxen together, all right? So that would be 12 yoke, but 24 oxen, all right? So we have two and 12 together. Of course, we've talked about 12. I think we talked about it yesterday or the day before, right? That there were 12 apostles. There's 12 uh, prophets, right? So we have the prophets and the apostles together would be 24, 12 times two, all of whom are being driven um, by Christ, right? He's our master. Who is the new Elisha upon whom the church is founded. It's a famous uh, stanza from All Glory, Laud, and Honor that's for some reason they left out of uh, our hymnal, 
Uh, I'm a little disappointed by that. Uh, it wasn't in our previous hymnals either, but it's in the original. Um, it says that the, the Lord is the rider and we're the, we're the donkey, we're the horse. And we ask that the Lord um, drive us um, in faith you know, to do his work. Um, of course, um, a yoke, remember again, it goes across the shoulders and it's what um, allows the oxen to pull the cart right behind them. Uh, pastors actually wear a yoke. <laughs> this is Y-O-K-E, by the way. I think, man, it's probably been a few weeks since we talked about it. Um, in other words, the pastors are like the Lord's oxen, right? And we wear a yoke. It's, we call it a stole, right? It goes around neck and they wear it, right? That's what that's for. Uh, and the job of the pastor is to plow the field of the church at the Lord's direction, right? As the Lord commands. That's what that, that's why I wear a stole, right? So you know that. Um, what are some things that Elijah then does with his cloak? We actually saw it twice in this reading. Back in verse 13, when he was in the cave, he wrapped his face in his mantle, right? That's his cloak. When he was in the presence of God. Then when he finds Elisha, <laughs> oh, it sounds funny, but he takes that cloak off and he throws it onto Elisha, right? Well, the, the mantle is the sign of the prophet, all right? So he wraps himself around. He uses his prophetic office um, to hide from God in a sense, but then also to choose Elisha, to indicate that Elisha will be the prophet who succeeds him. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Elisha, of course, doesn't say no, right? He's been chosen. He believes that. Um, but he asked to, that he might go and say goodbye to his family, right? Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I'll follow you. And then he performs a sacrifice, right? He takes the oxen and the yoke. So the yoke are made out of wood. So he burns those and slaughters um, the oxen, boils their flesh, and then uh, offers them to the people to eat, right? Of course, we've talked a lot about eating and drinking the last whew, last few readings at least, right? We've had bread and water, and we had the ravens feeding Elijah with bread and, and meat and then water from the brook, right? And so we have it here again. There's a need for um, for us, really, to eat and drink the one who has been sacrificed for our sins, right? Of course, this is uh, another, uh, maybe a little picture of the sacrament of the altar where we receive the one who was sacrificed of whom all the prophets and apostles testified. And then Elisha follows um, Elijah. Remember, we have to distinguish these two. Elijah, Elisha follows and becomes his servant. Why, why did Elisha travel with Elijah, do you think? Well, Elijah was teaching Elisha the word of God. And we see this pattern picked up again by St. Paul, you know, just as Ti Timothy and Titus were taught by Paul when they became preachers. All right, meditation on the text. I do this uh, online, children, so sorry, we're going to go maybe a few minutes long today, but that's okay, I think. Here's a summary of everything we just heard. Elijah fled to the mountain where the Lord had appeared to Moses. Moses was pleading for the Lord's mercy upon rebellious Israel when the Lord appeared to him. Elijah thought that there was no church left to hear his preaching. But the Lord assured him that the preaching of the word, through, though it be a whisper, will be heard by the hidden faithful. The preaching of the gospel continues to be like a gentle whisper in the midst of the devil's roaring, and it seems there are so few who hear and believe. Yet the Lord continues to preserve his church in the world 
with the gentle whisper of the gospel and anoints others to continue that preaching. Elisha fed his people the sacrifice, even as we are fed by the pastors of the church, upon the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All right, let's confess our catechism for this week, the second article of the Creed. Say it with me. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own, and live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. All right, we pray our collect for this week. Almighty and gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and deliver us in times of temptation. Defend us against all enemies. And grant to your church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns, excuse me, with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray on this Wednesday for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the word of God. Excuse me. For parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. This day we pray in Thanksgiving with Betty, who celebrates her birthday, with Brandon, who celebrates his baptism, with Wendell and Amy, who celebrate their anniversary. We pray for our households, especially that of Jessica, Alex and Emma, Jim and Elaine, Ashley, Robert, Jim and Karen. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Kelsey, Ron, Joel, Amanda, Dan, Timothy, and Janice. Sandy, Ken, Norman, Sandy, Kathy, and Mike. We pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, Mickey, and Paul. We pray for all the missions and mercy work of the church, especially for the Federowitz family this month. We pray an intercession for victory over the world. And we pray for those grieving, especially um, the family and friends of Reverend Herzog. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen pray together. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, let's sing our hymn for this week, Salvation Unto Us Has Come.
Jesus Christ has full atonement made and brought to us salvation. Each Christian therefore may be glad and build on this foundation. Your grace alone, dear Lord, I plead. Your death is now my life. Let me not out but truly see, your word cannot be broken. Your call rings out, come unto me, no falsehood have you spoken. Baptized into your precious name, my faith cannot be put to shame. And I shall never perish. The law reveals the guilt of sin and makes us conscience stricken. But then the gospel enters in the sinful soul to quicken. Come to the cross, trust Christ and live. The Lord no peace can ever give, no comfort and no blessing. Faith clings to Jesus' cross alone and rests in him unceasing. And by its fruits true faith is known with love and hope increasing. For faith alone can justify, for serve our neighbor and supply the proof that faith is living. All blessing on earth, thanks and praise to Father, Son, and Spirit. The God who saved us by His grace, all glory to His merit. O triune God in heaven above, you have revealed your saving love, your blessed day we have. All right, it's good to have you with us all here today for our congregation of prayer. It's great to see uh, the children and parents and teachers there on YouTube. Also, all those joined us on uh, Facebook or Twitch or wherever. Um, again, good to have you and praying together as a congregation, hearing God's word together and studying it together. So uh, you can join us this evening for uh, All Saints Day Divine Service. We're celebrating it or observing it, I should say, this evening. So 7 p.m. Otherwise, we'll see you again tomorrow morning, 9 a.m as we pray together um, and hear about Nabus Vineyard. All right, so look forward to that. Lord be with you all, and we'll see you soon.